Boom. 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 Wait in the water. Wait in the water, children. Wait in the water. Boom. Boom. God won't drop out the water. Okay. Through the crate! Oh, hi. Oh, were we recording? <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, shit. I What's totally up, recorded guys? that. Hello and hello and hello. Welcome to Through the Crate, episode six. Views from my fucking house up here because this is what I feel like. We are doing this right now. Yo, why are you so turned out, though? Cause my name's not Joe Budden. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You just anyway. All the way up, and we all the way up. Anyway, uh, episode six. What's up? Ah, yeah, man. Feels good, huh? Feels Feels good to be here. If you know what, I'm I'm really happy. Yeah. Uh, Just last night, I was uh, I was sleeping, and I woke up. Uh huh. And I couldn't (laughs) wait for this moment. All right. Well, I'm glad that you were sleeping, and I'm glad you woke up. Yeah. Because if you didn't, there'd be some problems here. I'd probably be very devastated. But the podcast must go on. It must. And you know what else must go on? What's that? These goddamn wins from my warriors, my nigga. School. OMG. What? Did you see that game last night? No. So we were down. Remember, at I said half. I was sleeping. Oh yeah, you weren't okay. sleeping. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So we were down at the half and I had to go to sleep and mm-hmm. I woke up to a victory with o- in OT yeah Curry scored Curry was like, 17 points in OT amazing amazing see let's go dubs let's go dubs we are originally from California I am a diehard from Warriors Oakland. fan <clears throat> so don't try and talk to me about bandwagon Oakland, shit Oakland cause you can go suck a dick with that shit Anyway. Yeah, her, her old screen name, guys, just to let you know how real deal Holyfield it is, was Run TMC. What it Still do. Is. <laughs> what it do, guys. What it do. And if y'all don't know who that is, you better ask somebody, baby. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right. Anyway. um, Yeah. So, what's up? Taking a sip here. Uh, what else is going on in the news and in the, in hip-hop and everything? What's going on? I mean, what should we talk about? There's so many other things to talk about, but this is the sixth episode. What do we do? I mean, you know, we should probably talk about the biggest record that has dropped uh, so far this year. Mm-hmm. And what would that might be? Uh, it is the sixth episode. Sixth. I mean, you know. We're lightweight sounding kind of, uh, dem- what is it, demonic or? Six, six, six. <laughs> exactly. Mark of the Beast. <laughs> Sell my soul to Satan for a sultry sixth. <laughs> <laughs> you are ridiculous. ridiculous. No, but seriously, guys, we're definitely going to be talking about this view shit. We told you last time, and guess what? Six episode equals views from the six, aka views. Now, I'm sure I've been, or you know what? I'm sure that I've been bothering myself with how many goddamn Drake references have been popping their way into every single fucking podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would like to say this will be. The Drake episode to end all Drake episodes. Yes, I, I I really am hopeful that this is the end of just all. Get it out. Let's just let's just get do it. Out. Let's, let's just do it. let's just do this thing. 
Let's talk about it. Let's get the cats out the bags. Mm-hmm. Dora's not here right now. Let's get the, <laughs> let's get the cats out the bags. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me get find some peace. So, this album, view, Views from the Six. Um, do you want to give an overall and then start diving in or what you want to do? So, okay. Views from the Six, in case you have been living under a rock for the last however many months. Two years, actually, because he's out. announced it like two years yeah. ago. Um, <laughs> this is supposed to be Drake's view, excuse my choice of words there, mm-hmm. um, but his view of his city. Right. You know, even with the artwork of him sitting on top of the tower mm-hmm. overlooking everything. <laughs> so, so this is supposed to be an overview. We're supposed to listen to this record and understand what it's like to be a Aubrey in Toronto. Aubrey Graham sits on this space needle type thing because I've never been to Toronto. And this is supposed to be the audio film yes. to your soundtrack. Thank you. To your the city. soundtrack to your city. This is supposed to be it. So <laughs> if they did a soundtrack for my city, Oakland, mm-hmm. that should be mm-hmm. turned the fuck up. And be banging. It's real bass shit. Um, I actually want to get into some bass stuff, but I might save that for next episode because this is a huge episode in regards to Mr. Six. So, but yeah, like the bay, the bay, that'd be a turned up fucking tape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, After listening to it, do you want to go to Toronto? (laughs) I mean, nah, bruh. So, this is one thing I heard. I don't want to. No, I'm just gonna dive in. This is one thing that I that um I, I listened to when it came to that whole um interview that he had with uh, Zane Lowe from Beats One yep. Radio. Yep. He said that this oh. album was supposed to get you to feel this changing of seasons in Toronto. He did from, say that. From the cold winters that they have there to the summer and then back to winter again. I want to tell you an album that made me feel seasons. I, and I think I know what you're gonna say. Lupe Fiasco. Yep. Tetsu and Youth. Tetsu and Youth. Yes, yeah, sure did. That I mean, made me feel seasons. It was broken up in the seasons. Um, you could definitely feel the hostility getting a little bit more hostile and live and real as summer approaches. Which there was the dynamics to in, that. There in, were in, in ebbs Chicago. and flows. There were yes. cr- crescendos leading up to things. And yes. They were like decus. Uh, I haven't been in music for a while Decacent Crescendos coming down yep. like there was the dynamics of that album made you feel like you know you're, you're starting off in fall and you're getting towards the, towards the you know the spring the winter or not winter excuse me the summer and then you get into that winter cold and like he had those actual like interludes yeah tracks, transitions those yeah. transitions were on point coming back to views I don't know what he was thinking. He had like maybe one or two like um, just spaces where he tried to do that, where like you hear, like I, I just remember like in the beginning of the album, there was like this space where like there was just a long pause of just like you're hearing the atmosphere of where he's yeah. supposed to be trying to bring you. And to me that didn't translate very well. Now, maybe that, is just because I've never been to Toronto. I'll give him. I'll play my sure. own devil's yeah. uh, advocate there, but he didn't make you want to go. He didn't really make me like it. Just I didn't understand it. And maybe I, and and if you're if you're going to present your city in a certain certain way, like you should make me want to go there. Now, Tetsu and Youth, 
I think that was that was translate that could translate to anywhere, you know, like For that. Sure, yeah. Like, but but the one thing that I actually felt and that I was able to know because I've lived out here in Chicago is I could feel exactly what um, Tesla and Youth was trying to get at because I've I've lived here. I I do live here, so with with views i was just like that is just something that i just don't understand like those transitions were kind of weird like it was just it was dull to me like th- that that uh, maybe i didn't get it okay well let's didn't I mean, translate let's, let's dive into it a bit um mm-hmm. i mean i totally um just starting off from from the the first track and how it uh transitioned <coughs> so uh, I honestly thought it opened up fairly well. Really? Okay. Um, the first track I kind of get is really cinematic. Yes. You know, it's got this real cinematic feel, something that you don't mm-hmm. necessarily get from Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very interesting to just uh, hear him open up like that, and it's like, okay, cool, man. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be something special here. You know, Drake. it did get me excited. I will. I'm not gonna lie. But after listening to the, the album, that's what I came up with, with my conclusion. But yeah, I definitely agree with you right there. Like, listening to the album, like, that definitely sets you up for something. Like, okay, let's, it gets you excited for it. Yeah, keep keep the family close. Mm-hmm. I actually generally like that track. Okay. Uh, what comes next? Nine? Well, actually, I have a couple of things on that first track. I that's thought right. it sounded very weekendish. Weekendish? Weekend. Like, uh, okay. like the weekend XO. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the production was on point though like I, and that's like there's one thing because i don't know if you guys know but i do not like the weekend i'm not a big fan of the weekend i don't think he can sing very well i think he i mean so or maybe his voice isn't just for me um but that's just my that that's up for discussion personal. in another you All know right. that's just my personal opinion of, of the weekend but that one song that he did for um what is that 50 shades of gray i was like okay this is not a bad song because the production on it was amazing and me just being somebody that's a music lover I, I normally gravitate to the production before the lyrics anyway um so listening to that song i was like that was very um <laughs> very weekendish but then i also was like who the hell is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like he's like very vague right and like, how am I supposed to feel you if you're like leaving every everything's a cliffhanger, on every you know? I mean, that's pretty much Drake. I mean, he doesn't yeah. really do interviews. Yeah. Um, if you you want to be real about the music, I know. Listen, if you listen to every Drake album before this, you know almost nothing about Drake mm-hmm. through his music. You know about his women and about his life since the music. You know about his grandmother and his mother. I, I'll give him that. You actually know about that, because you you found that about uh, out um, found that out on Take Care. Okay. You found uh, what's that? I'm gonna have to look up that song, but um, there's a song on there where, that actually like I used to bump and listen to all For the time sure. because it was one of the realest songs that he like he had to have written that song. But that's an oddity on a Drake album, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, just, okay. Just sure. in just in the history of Drake album, mm-hmm. you know. Granted, you know. Uh, Future is not necessarily giving us his life story either. No. Um, so I'm not faulting Drake. Just just necessarily, I'm just pointing out. I think we expect something different from Drake than we expect from Future. I mean, if you name your album Views from the Six, and it's supposed to be the soundtrack to your city, I... I and you've hyped it up this way. 
I just kind of expect to to know more. So I mm-hmm. think I think it's an interesting point. Even on track one, you're saying he's just being kind of kind of uh, vague, very vague. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually thought the album started off generally fairly well, positively. Mm-hmm. Um, it left me with hope for the rest of the album. Uh, nine, I thought was probably the catchiest song on it. To be honest, for me, mm-hmm. um, after listening to it a few times. What keeps come playing back in my head is nine. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I probably couldn't really tell you what the song's about. <laughs> um, and then I'm pretty much good. Like I think, um, what was it? The song hype. Yeah. Uh, like I enjoyed it, but the style of that kind of sounded like a couple of the Quentin Miller songs that I'd heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying Quentin Miller just like wrote it. But if you did work with someone on some stuff, uh, it's it's just natural for kind of the style to kind of rub off on you a bit. You know, kind of like when he worked with with Future, you can mm-hmm. definitely hear that. Well, yeah, I, I actually agree. I thought that he was in his bag on that one, like on hype. Like I thought he was in my like like he was just in that like zone where he's like, I'm on this is my shit, like fuck you type of zone. Like that's what I thought about hype. But then again, it is on that Quentin Miller tip. Just a, just the flow, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But. Um, I like you know what I I'm, I like it when Drake raps like yeah I mean that's his strong suit like for sure you're entertaining when you rap so yes. continue to rap and then probably where I stop is Weston Road flows I I I, I don't mind that track um, mm-hmm. I actually kind of like it because it kind of reminds me of the old Drake yeah like it, it's it's kind of like the backpack Drake on that one mm-hmm. uh, which I think was intentional. Um, and that's that's the Drake that I, I really liked uh, early on in his career, um, and that's really all I have to say about the record. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, because after song six, I just tuned out. It. So on his his last record, if you're reading this, is too late. Mm-hmm. The first like half of the record is pretty upbeat. Drake is kind of doing some good flows. It's some nice kind of catchy songs. And then Party Next Door has these two songs. And then the album just freaking falls off the face of the earth. And that's kind of how I feel this one happens. Hmm. And lo and behold, Party Next Door is fucking right in the middle of this fucking record. Right. And it just goes downhill from there. Uh, And this one, it's not even the middle. It's like the first six songs are, are listenable. And then after that, it just goes somewhere else somewhere completely different you get 14 tracks of just the type of drake that i don't like which is the singing whining mm-hmm. complaining about how shitty my awesome life is <laughs> he's like the rapping justin bieber on the second half of this thing or the second two-thirds of this thing uh and it's ugh. i think um so w- on with you the nup- the, uh, the eighth track i think that's actually a really catchy song and I think like he's 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 moving more into a dance hall type of area, like that's what like if you listen to um, with you one dance, um, uh, controller like all those songs like he's very dance holly, especially like how Toronto apparently is adap- adapting this um, uh, Jamaican or island type of way of talking like the tings man and the dogman and the waist man. Why and, would someone from the islands go to Toronto? It's cold as hell. To, to, I, I'm, I'm not gonna front I, like i'm not even gonna like speak on any of that because like i don't know like if there's like some type of like underground like 
uh, Jamaican thing or scene or something that's out there that I don't know about, but it's very weird from the outside. Yes. Like hearing him just start, like even when he talks in his, his interviews, it's like his whole voice has changed. Like, yeah, man, it's the, the, the tings and the da 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 da. Like, okay. So like you weren't doing this before. Who are you? It's like it's like when we didn't know that Shaggy was actually putting on a front, you know? Like when Shaggy, <laughs> I hate to compare it, you know? But like Shaggy, oh, like he's, he admitted, like, yeah, I have a Shaggy voice. And then like, but he's also actually from the islands, you know? So it's just that, that, that whole thing like kind of gets me. But um, that What's You song, like, it's about us right now, girl, where you going? Like that song, I like, I really like that chorus, but I don't care for any of his verses or whatever else is coming on there. So like Party Next Door actually makes that song for me. Um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I have for that. Uh, oh, and then Faithful going to number the not, number nine track with Pimp C uh, and the Division. The fuck was he doing with that Pimp C? Um, like that, that didn't even need to be on that. You wasted a Pimp C sample. It's because it's Drake and he can, and it's to kind of throw back waste. to his, you know, roots of yeah, I'm, I'm from Toronto, but then I've also got Tennessee in, in in Houston. Or yeah, he's got. Well, he's from Tennessee, but he's got his like Houston fans, connects, yeah, whatever. So. I don't give a shit about that this like to me that fate that that it just didn't work it it just didn't work to me yeah i mean i i can't disagree with it uh and then also uh going back up to the to number three like i know i'm bouncing around right now but like going up to number three the you with me track like you're using the only good good part about that is the fact that you were using dmx's hook I, yeah, I mean, I, I still kind of felt that 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 reminded me of like a worse behavior kind of song. Yeah, worse. I I, I love worse, but that didn't remind me of like that. Okay. I don't know. I just wasn't very impressed with this album. No, I mean, I no, I definitely wasn't. Very I don't know if you guys can it. can tell. I wasn't very com- impressed at all. <laughs> um, to be to be very honest with a lot of with everyone out there mm-hmm. listening. I have not been very impressed with any Drake album. Yeah, as a whole. As a whole. Um, I feel like he has an issue or has a problem uh, formulating a, a one cohesive idea and turning it into a project that flows. Remember last last week we we talked about some of the shortcomings about the ASAP Ferg record. Right. It's a collection of songs that I generally like but in the order that they were decided on, in the context of the record, the artwork, the name, uh, it didn't quite flow. It wasn't cohesive. Right. Uh, and that's how I feel uh, is a, a big problem with a lot of Drake records. Mm-hmm. Um, probably his most cohesive piece of work, uh, probably Take Care. Mm-hmm. Um, the, unfortunately, the singing Drake is the Drake I don't, it's my least favorite Drake, so... Mm-hmm. You know, take care is not going to be one of my favorites, um, but at least I understand where where that kind of idea was coming right, from. Right. Right. Um, but this one, I just there was so much hype. There was so much. You know, this was supposed to be Drake's classic record, and if you guys have been listening to us since episode one, you mm. know what we have said about this Drake record. If it was not a classic, Drake would slowly fall into a decline. And yes, this album was extremely 
commercially successful. He sold about 1.1 million records in his first week. Right. A little less than that. We'll, we'll round up just to give Drake the benefit of the doubt. 1.1. Of that 1.1, it was about over 800,000 of those were actual units sold. Right. Because everything else is counted as streams. Counting as streams, which they're counting now. Either way you cut it, that's a fuck ton of records. Yeah, it people is. People purchasing. So it means somebody listening. likes it. It means a lot of people like it. Um, but just because it's commercially successful, um, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't read any reviews of this album. Um, I haven't listened to anyone else's opinion on it because I wanted to get my opinion out there uh, before I listened to others. Right. But, but I, I can't even begin to assume that any other hip-hop outlet is going to co-sign this thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll go online tonight after we finish recording this and listen and watch some reviews and people be in love with it for things that maybe I missed. You right. know what? I, I mean, I tried. I got. I listened to it as many times as I possibly could. But then that's the thing. Is that like, I, when I first listened to it, when I first tried to give it my first active listen... I was listening to it, and it was literally very hard for me to t- not turn it off. Like, and maybe it was just my expectations. Like, I was expecting so much more. Maybe I was expecting <laughs> one of my uh, one of my friends on Facebook. Uh, shout out to Mass Potential. You, he said, y'all thought that Drake was gonna come out with the album that Royce did, Tabernacle. Or not tab. That's Tabernacle's the first song. The it's first layers. Song. layers. Um, sorry. <laughs> like y'all thought he was gonna come out with that, and I think that that was a really good um statement. I was like, yeah, we all thought that we were gonna get something like at least the people that like actually dive into the music like this. We thought we were getting something of substance from him again, because I want to say the only thing I ever got of substance from from him was comeback season, and that's his first very first thing that I've ever heard from him. Um. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's that's one of my biggest problems with Drake. I think you hit on the head there. Mm-hmm. The lack of substance. Mm-hmm. He's like a goddamn Ken doll. Like, if if Nicki Minaj <laughs> is the Barbie, then he's the Ken. Like, just completely <laughs> plastic. Uh, songs about nothing. Right. Like songs that add nothing to the narrative that is Drake. When I mm-hmm. listen to an artist, specifically a rapper. What gets me into the rapper is not just the music, but it's the story behind the music. Right. It's the person behind the music. That's it's why the you're up here. Behind the mic. Yeah. You know, um, part of you know, we're gonna keep bringing these two up, but Pac and Biggie's story is the life of the people, mm-hmm. and the fact that they gave you a piece of their life through their music. I don't feel like Drake has given me a piece of his life at all through his music. No. So, and that's and that's what's happening is that views is like just. It's very emotional, but it's lyrically ambiguous. It's like, it's very just, it's not, to me, like, it's, I don't even know if it's hip hop, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know if this, I mean, it, that's a whole nother conversation well, then, in, a, in a sense, but. Then you know what? Maybe Drake is just so ahead of his time, you just haven't caught up yet. And you know, a lot of people have said that about Kanye and we didn't catch up to Kanye. So I don't know if I'm like judging too soon. Like, I leave room for error, you know? But, like, I can just tell you right now how I feel about it. I don't fucking like it. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, I just I just felt like he has these expectes- expectations to live up to. And he's not 
living up to those for me especially like following him for so long right. and being such a, a big like i was a very big fan of drake like back, i know that, that's back when wale was my favorite rapper yes for a long time and then wale kind of you know, like fell off the wayside because i didn't know what the hell he was doing with his life and that just happens like you know it's like losing friends like you guys just separate you yeah. part ways a little bit but drake is like one of those people that like you want to keep saying they're his friend because he's always in your face like or maybe like the ex that you broke up with, but you guys are still friends and you guys still have the same type of type of uh, type of friends. That's it, still same circle. You want to continue to be cool with them, but they're just not giving you what you want want to or what you need to be cool with them. And that's what exactly. Drake's doing for me. Like he's he's not giving me what I I need in order to be a consistent fan for him because he's not being consistent for me. He's not. I mean, but but you know what? I, I think uh, he is being consistent. Yeah, I was just gonna say. He is. Being <laughs> Let me take that back. He's extremely consistent. Yes. 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 He's yes. he's consistently lukewarm. <laughs> Sorry, you want lukewarm ass nigga? Like, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> nigga. You, <laughs> I mean, I, why? But I got a picture of a dude, like like some dude that's knocked out on the couch after drinking hella much, and then you put somebody's hand in water. And you make them piss themselves. I don't know why that's the... Anyway. So Drake's music <laughs> is like passing out drunk and making your friend piss themselves. <laughs> By putting their hand in a lukewarm bowl oh, of water. Like, hey, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. Put on Take Care. Watch this nigga pee on himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. No, but... Uh, you know what? Okay. I feel like we're bashing him a little bit, so I'm going to try and give him a little positive. Okay, go for it. The production on this, I was very into for a lot of it. Like on um, Feel No Ways, I believe that's the song. I really liked like the whole kind of like 80s style of that. Um, the beat was pretty dope. It was very ambient. Um, had that crunchy snare to it. Um, that, that one I actually kind of liked. Um, and then like, I, I do like some of the catchiness to it. Like overall, like I would probably, I don't, I w- probably wouldn't listen to this whole album ever again, but, <laughs> but after listening, but I will say that like 40 did his shit. Like he, he did his thing on, on the production, on the mixing. Um, I know that 40 didn't actually produce everything on it, but I know there was like boy Wanda. Though. He did a lot. Yeah. 40 was all over this thing. So 40, I think 40 did his thing. Like if I had an instrumental to uh album, like just without the vocals and everything, I'd probably listen to that and I'd probably vibe out with that a lot more. But even, but even the instrumental, so like mm-hmm. how you said, you know, Drake hasn't changed. He's been consistently lukewarm, right? Same with 40. Like it's the same production, but a little, maybe a little shiner with a little extra polish on it, mm-hmm. but... Let's it's put the on it this time. Yeah, let's. <laughs> I don't know. Let's add, let's upgrade the, the 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 incandescence to you know a compact fluorescence. Like it's just it's the mm-hmm. same light but from a different uh, little different source. Like right. but it's, it's 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 the same shit though. Like it's really hard. It's it's really difficult for me to point out the things that make this album unique to other Drake records, and I mm-hmm. tried. Um, Maybe it was the effort. You know, maybe he was just trying so hard. And he also said that this was his, his like, best vocal performance ever. And I was like, it sounds very similar. 
No, I mean, there, there were some standout moments vocally. Yeah. I mean, um, I know he's using the auto-tune, but his voice did kind of, it came through crisper. Maybe that's what I was referring to. It, okay. it, just, it sounded a little bit crisper. So, um, I mean, even when he's singing, I mean, he's he's not a very good singer, but he's, he's definitely not missing notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's par- partially due, due to the technology. Yeah, it's not. It's not like Kanye's Auto Tune, where his just goes all over, but all it, over the fucking place. The way Auto Tune works is if you're if you're off the beat, or if, if if you're off the key, if you're off the key, it actually sounds better than if you're almost mm-hmm. off the key. So he either did a really good job or a really bad job, and they just fixed it up a lot. Um, but he didn't sound like a robot. So I, I you no. know, I. I I will give Drake props on his vocal performance. Sure. Yeah. Yes. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just... I don't know. I mean... And then 40's just a master. Like, if, you, if you've if you seen where he works, like, and he built that place from the ground up, like, he's, he's literally used... Like I don't, I don't even know how to explain the space that they've created for that it's whole huge. album. Like yeah. it's it's huge. It's like it's very like intricate. It's literally built for him, and he had a big thing into it. Like I watched this one video of like just just everything that he's put into it. I know he mainly uses a lot of like complete control and uh, native native instruments, like the machine thing. Yeah. But Jesus St- Christ, studio's like, big. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking legit, bro. Like, you can he said that you can um, like bring your laptop like and, and plug in like two cords, and then you, are, you immediately have access to everything in the studio. Mm. And then like you could just work off of any screen, any um, device, the boards, Pro Tools, anything nice. you want. So like yeah, like that that shit's fucking crazy. Like the way it, he's got it set up. So I know that he does a lot of passes. He passes everything through a lot of filters, and he he he's very intricate with what he does um, when it comes to producing Drake. Um, so that's why I was just like, I mean, it sounds like Forty's producing your vocals. That's why that's to me. Like I know exactly what Forty does to his voice. So until I hear you do some shit live, I don't know, bro. For sure. You know, but that's just me. Um. But yeah, life. I wonder. Will it take me under? <laughs> I don't know. If I ruled the world. Imagine that. So, I guess I was a little surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I didn't listen closely enough. Again, I really just gave it a one-week listen. Uh, hmm. I didn't necessarily hear any uh, any shots fired. Uh, you want me to say one? And I Please. think this would be a great segue for Please. A lot of niggas cut the check so they can take this flow. A lot of niggas cut the check so they can take this flow. He says it twice. Oh, I know. It's on the DMX Ooh. song. Uh, so I don't one, know I exactly actually, what that's about, but, but what do you think that's what he's referring I to? I don't know what he's referring to. To be honest, I don't know because there's some fucking reference tracks out there. So I'm like, you cut the check so you can take the flow. So I don't know what's going on there. Like, I don't know how he says that when there's all these, like, reference tracks and things like that out, out there so, for that. And then also, I will actually give him actually give him props on how he 
inflected that and like how he sounded transitioned. Yeah. It sounded great. I love that part. Um, I, I, I just don't believe it. I personally think with that line, he was maybe referencing the Apple deal. Mm. Apple cut the check and he's exclusively on Apple. That's my I that's my thought. Okay. Um I think that's how it's talking about how his music people buy it. Yeah. Um but there's another line and it might be uh, in the same song? It might be in the same song. A lot of niggas cut the chest no. so they can take this flow. It was it, it was in Grammy. The one with uh, with future. future, which I fucking I rock with future, but that was a terrible future. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't like that feature. Song. Oh my god, it was like that awkward moment in "I'm the Plug" where you feel like uh, is future on the beat or is he not on the beat? Is he in tune? Is he not in tune? I don't know. It was just not good. Yeah, but on that song on Grammy, Drake goes uh, top five, which just made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That just made me laugh. Now I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he said top. He, he said it twice. He said it twice again. It's like, you, hold nigga, on, stop playing with yourself, nigga. What? <laughs> stop flicking your dick. Top five. <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he said it so confidently, like, yeah, I'm top five. Like, uh, hold up, bro. Nah, bro. I'm never putting him up there. He can't be. I mean, you know, uh. I didn't catch any Meek Mill uh, disses in this thing, mm-hmm. but you know that whole Meek Mill Drake thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Everybody can say whatever they want to say. Yes, Drake bodied him when it came to the actual diss records. Yep, bodied. Okay, eh, I wouldn't say bodied. He won, but it's not a real beef. So I, you know, what I'm saying like you, you won. When it comes to diss tracks, Meek Mill got bodied. Okay. Anywho, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that Meek like had great dr- diss tracks or anything like. To I'm just saying like that whole beef right there was just like it was lukewarm. Yeah, I know. people playing in the sand. I know. There's these niggas out here that of course. T- but anyway, go ahead. But that's fine. Hip hop ain't always got to be about toes. It's to be about nigga. bars, dog. I know, so when it comes to bars, Drake body Meek. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I think that was that was the battle. Um, and when it comes to the war, I think Meek is still winning the war. I guess I said it. How? And I'll explain to you h- how I think yes. Meek is winning the war. Please, I don't. Because because now, every time Drake drops anything, people are always gonna question who, who wrote, wrote it. it. There's always gonna be a question of who wrote it, who helped mm-hmm. him. Was it was it actually Drake? Who was it? And then he comes and he drops this, you know, new album. And like you just said, these two reference tracks pop up. So maybe 40 shouldn't be having every plug in the goddamn studio open. <laughs> Niggas out here taking reference it's tracks. Not, it's not every plug, but yeah, I get you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a little too accessible. I shouldn't be able to find a Drake reference track, like a party next door reference track. You know track what? Like I'm, that. I'm, I feel you on that because I was like actually thinking about like. Um, like all these reference tracks coming out and I'm thinking about like Kendrick like what's going on with Kendrick like cause Kendrick's my, my, my favorite rapper of course yeah. so of or, or this time right now um, and so I'm thinking like what if something comes out for, for Kendrick like there's a there's some type of re- reference track like I'm always trying to find like the yin and the yang of it so like if this is coming out and this is what everyone's talking about and we all know that Drake is not Kendrick and Ken- to me I 
put him on a higher pedestal. I have to look at my my uh, favorite rapper the same way. But it's kind of like Kendrick put out his own reference tracks <laughs> with that last Untitled, Untitled a Mastered, yeah. right? So it's just like, uh, and other niggas is putting out your reference tracks, so, and it's them singing it, not you. So just kind of like, uh, okay. It, it like, raises a lot of questions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying about the Meek Mill thing. Meek Mill has raised a lot of questions like, what is this nigga doing? Mm-hmm. Is he actually doing this shit or what? Kendrick Lamar dropped a few bars. Mm-hmm. On to Pimp Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know those bars? Do you, do you recall? King Kunta? Yeah, I All do. All right. <laughs> I was about he, to say, did, are you wanting me to recite them? And he's, <laughs> he's worked several times with Mr. Aubrey. Yeah. Graham. Mm-hmm. They've worked together on multiple He had a full on interlude on, I want to say Take Care. Wasn't it Take Care? Or was, was it the one before? Records. I think it was the one before. It was, I think it was Take Care. I'm going to fact check, but go ahead Got with it. what you're saying. So, the point is, uh, Kendrick Lamar threw these random little little su- subliminals. We don't know if they were aimed at Drake, but it's funny how that same year, the whole Drake thing came out. Meek Mill, flip side, again, they've worked together several times. Meek Mill probably heard some of these reference tracks and was pissed the fuck off. Uh, probably, probably a little bit of it was also hate, but, uh, the fact that we're still talking about it today, uh, lets me know and gives more validation to Meek Mill's initial, uh, position, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, we just want to know, like, what's going on, dude? What's going on? It was, uh, Kendrick Lamar, it was on Take Care, Buried Alive. There we go. Yeah. But, Yeah. I mean, I, I get you. I get what you're saying there. With, with when it comes to Meek, like I don't know, if, he's not the real winner, but he's winning in that aspect. He's not the winner, but when it comes down to it, I feel like even though Drake is is winning with these record sales, uh, his credibility has been permanently tarnished. Yeah, in like the hip hop, like uh, yes. what is it, like the grand scheme of things yes when it's questioned yes he'll never be a top five never but be you top know what five. and he said it big man will never be a top five either he won't but <laughs> so the nigga's like you know what i'm bringing your ass down with me <laughs> hey man but he's raised questions yeah he and has, with, he has. and with questions it's it's my job to try to and get bring some some answers houseway how <laughs> houseway <laughs> so I did a little bit of research. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's get to that. I, I crunched a little bit of numbers here. Ooh. Um, crunchy, crunchy, is... motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all I did, I pretty much went through a few artists, went through their albums. Ran through them artists. Uh, and I just tallied how many writers they had credited on their albums. Did a little oh, math, sorry. and I figured out kind of the average number of writers per song on that specific record i took into account features i took into account song Uh uh, number of songs (laughs) sorry Uh, my (laughs) (laughs) distracting Um, i'm so sorry and i took into account um obviously that the actual person should be considered a writer on their own right right so crunched all these numbers and i came out crunched numbers And I've got some numbers for you. Tell it. So, <laughs> I remember last week we were talking about Drake being 
a pop star. Pop star, pop star. And so, with Drake being a pop star, um, you know, it's it's it's. I guess they kind of get a little pass when it comes to having credited writers on their on their songs because you know what what pop star writes their own music like nobody does that you know you expect a pop star to have a team of writers that right. writes their songs regardless of what the genre may be whether it's hip hop uh, pop or pop whatever mm-hmm. right um, so I tried to I tried to even things out a little bit um, so I, I'm just gonna start off off the bat something that I learned that was probably most striking um, one of the biggest pop stars of our time, Miss Taylor Swift. Yeah. She writes damn near every single one of her fucking songs. Right. It's literally Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, and this musician, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Right. It's insane. All of her records. She has writer <laughs> credits on every single song, and there's only like three or four other writers on the whole on the whole record. Which means that bitch is getting paid. It means she's getting paid. Paid. Um. So I did another pop star. Um, I did Beyonce as well. Ooh. I went through all six of her records. Six. Um, <laughs> and the Pun results. Intended. I know, right? And the results weren't, I guess, super surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyonce is definitely a big time writer on her projects. Um, she's credited on just about all every single song on every single project she's done. There's only mm-hmm. a handful of songs that she didn't have a writer's credit on. Okay, so she's kind of like Mariah Carey. Yeah. Cool. Um, so just to give you guys some some perspective here, perspective. Uh, Dangerously in Love had 3.33 writers per song. Oh, that's an average. It's an a- It's the average. Let's just say three, because you can't have half a person. Well, it it, it brings some kind of context. Okay, gotcha. Um, B Day was four point seven. Mm-hmm. I am Sasha Fierce was three point seven. Uh, four was four point two five. Beyonce was four point one, and Lemonade was six point one six. So Lemonade having a lot more writers on it than any of her other records again this is averages Go this ahead. is average per song right this is writers per song right um so let's just let's just go to Drake then Uh-oh. uh thank me later clock standard of 4.28 writers per song yikes this is, a, this is a rapper okay and that's his first record and it doesn't get any better after that um <laughs> Take Care was 5.1 writers per song. Okay. Uh, nothing was the same. 6.15 writers so per song. So he's growing. If you're reading this is too late, it's 5.12. Okay. And views from the six, guys. You guys ready for this? A whopping 6.4 writers. That's a horrible drum roll. Drum roll. Writers per song. Say that one more time. 6.4 writers per song. One more time. Six. Point four writers per song for views. Yeah, damn. Dope. Now, on top of that, there are eighty-eight unique writers on this views record. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight different people have writing credits on this album. Oh lord. Now, uh, 
again, I want to give you some. I want to give you some perspective. Mm-hmm. So let's go back up to Beyonce. Yeah, let's get some context here. So Lemonade, the one that I said had the six point one six average, that one had sixty two unique writers. What the hell are these? Okay, yeah. So Drake had eighty eight. Beyonce had sixty two. Jesus Christ. So. He's a rapper, you know, maybe your friend writes the hooks. Okay, let's compare apples to apples. Um, J. Cole. Let's just throw that out there. Let's right. just do J. Cole, all right? Mm-hmm. J. Cole's first record, Cole World, 1.56 writers per song. Okay. Sorry. J. Cole wrote and produced a l- damn near that whole record. Right. That's so, why I had to clap it up. And remember, I'm, I'm, rapper. I'm, I'm taking into account features as well, guys. Um... If you go down the line with J. Cole, Born Center, 2.37 writers per song. My nigga, let's go. You making me happy right now. Let's go. Uh, (laughs) Forest Hill Drive, Uh 3.38 writers per song. I ain't mad at it. Let's go. Um, the, The most writers, unique writers, J. Cole had on any record was 38. Hmm. That's a little high for me, but okay. Think about that though. On that record, he had four features. Yeah. There's 13 total songs. Mm-hmm. So if you figure. And then hooks. Hooks. Yeah. Singing parts. Mm-hmm. Um, he so did sing. He did a lot of singing on Forest Hill Drive though. So that whole Santro Pay one, and then also um, apparently was all singing for the most part. Another day, another rhyme. Hope. Yeah. So that was a. So, I hope some he wrote that, but so yeah. And, and it's don't focus so much on. The 38 unique writers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of just so you for you know. Mm-hmm. But the 3.38 is average writers per song. Right. All right. Um, let's go to our favorite rapper. At the Kendrick time. Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. A good kid, Mad City. Uh, 3.41. Okay. Uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, 4.25. That's not bad. So when you... When you're looking at, you know, what it shocked me when I got to got to to pimp a butterfly. I'm like, damn, 4.25, that's bouncing up there. That's that's like almost like Beyonce numbers. But then I'm like, that was a really cinematic, like, record. That was a really big record. It was really dense. It was a. He doesn't have like six niggas on the on the track though. Right. He's he actually on. Well, actually, butterfly. He has 11 credited features. Mm Mm-hmm. That includes singers. That includes rappers. Uh, spoken word stuff right. that includes everybody who's credited as having a feature. Right. So that that makes sense. And then let's. Do you mind if I like? I don't want to interject. And in sure. So on Drake's, what are his features again? Got it. So um, the one that we're referencing right now is Views mm-hmm. with the six point four writers per song. Only had seven features. Hmm. So I don't want to bore everybody too much with the numbers, but like what we're getting at here is that Drake needs a lot more assistance. A lot more. And it's, it's, you know, again, the whole point is Meek Mill raised questions. Right. And so with those questions, uh, tried to find some answers and crunching some numbers, um, not even talking about ghost writers. I'm talking about credited writers Drake stands in the league of his own. Right. When it comes to pop stars of the modern day, he has far more writers, credited writers, than the other artists that I looked up. Or his peers. 
his peers. Those are his peers. J. Cole. J. Cole and Kendrick, Kendrick are his peers. So yeah. when you're talking about the top three artists out right now, you're talking about Drake, Kendrick, and Cole. Yeah. Like there's no other. Unfortunately, there's no other names that come up as easily. Of course not. Not saying there's not better rappers out there. Or right. I mean, of course. There's, there's tons. Yeah. But we're talking about who's relevant now. Mm-hmm. And in the game right now, how it stands, it's Drake, Kendrick, and Cole. So with all those numbers, basically, Drake needs a lot more assistance than J. Cole and Kendrick combined. Yes. That's ridiculous. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's... And and just and, and I'm, maybe the, I'm bi- being biased here but like to me it sounds like he needs he needs more assistance than drink uh than kendrick and cole combined and kendrick even went to extra lengths to have a lot of people on this fu- on this uh even close he was two-thirds of the way there yeah like he he he, <laughs> he went through a lot a lot of lengths to actually get this person these people on to pimp a butterfly like he knew what feeling he was going he knew what um he wanted for that and he locked everybody in the house to get it and like like i just so that's another thing i don't know if i'm gonna be switching it from numbers to to just feelings and opinions here but um that's another thing is that like when i when i hold a somebody um like i have a standard of what i hold my rappers to and drake i want him to be something like kendrick he deserves to be something like kendrick this the 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 reach that he has the the um the talent that he has regardless he's got raw raw uh raw ta- talent right. oh my god yeah. i can't even talk <laughs> he's got raw talent um and like i just don't feel like like to me it's just like someone not living up to the potential that they have yeah and when i have people like kendrick that are pushing the the envelope and people that are um providing such like different sounds and like a unique package to me i i know drake has something like that to provide and i time after time i don't get it how many classic records of drake has drake put out zero zero how many many classic records of ken has kendrick put out too. How many I, have Cole? How many classic records have Cole put out? Ooh, I want to say like. Okay, if I if I'm being critical, we'll we'll say one. Which one is that? 2014. You know, but I mean, Born Center was really good. I, a lot of people hated Born Center, and I loved it. I know, I know, I knew you were going for it, but Born Center was really good. And then I'll even go, also go back to uh, the warm up. I used to bump the warm up like it was a fucking album. I didn't even count that one because that wasn't a. It wasn't an actual album. Release, yeah. yeah, so that's the thing is that like all of the the, the mixtapes like J Cole's mixtapes, out of this world. How about Section Eighty? Oh my God, I would count that as like my life. <laughs> but that's you know what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting. I would count, and you know what else I would count if I if not i don't know if i would put this as a classic but it's up there it's close like a runner up to all that stuff 100 miles and running wale i loved that fucking tape like the nigga was just rapping and it was like raw like i need to make it i'm smart i know this shit i I know i'm the shit like this is it 100 miles and running you know i mean i don't know so a lot of stuff just kind of bringing everything in the perspective, mm-hmm. 
Drake has all these writers, more so than other of his peers. One of the biggest issues with the album that I had was that it was supposed to be a classic album about Drake, about where he came from. I was expecting to learn something new about Drake. Right, because that's how he presented it, right? I was expecting to get a, a, a window into the life of Drake or the soul of Drake. Mm-hmm. How the hell can you do that when you've got 88 different people writing for you? Right. Whether they're writing your bars or they're writing one line or two lines. Remember, raw numbers were not necessarily saying these 88 people wrote everything Drake did, mm-hmm. but they had a piece in it. They're so, getting credit. They had a piece enough to where they get credit. Where they actually got credited for it. So when this thing actually receives his platinum plaque, everybody gets a little chunk of that. Now, is he actually, I'm playing devil, devil's advocate here. Um, does he list these people to make sure that niggas is eaten? Sure, he says that a lot. If there's anything consistent about Views from the Six, he talks a lot about help making sure his niggas eat. So maybe he's listening. Like maybe we, <laughs> next next time we need to actually dive into the actual writers and who they are to Drake because what he might be doing because I've, I've what I've heard a lot of, of like I think Nas did that too. Nas um, made sure that one of his albums went to his like his daughter got like not writers credit but I think some something around there like publishing or something. That's great. So that she can eat for life off of that album. That's you know? cool. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know what Drake's doing. I don't know. I mean, why? Devil's why do advocate. all these people have to eat if they're not actually helping you out? If mm-hmm. they're not helping you mm-hmm. eat, why do they gotta eat? And he's always talking about cutting things off. He's all oh, man. <laughs> so again, I don't know, man. it's just it, it's not a surprise to me that we don't know much about Drake because. It's not just Drake on these records. And then also, I think he's trying to keep that mystique about him. Because, you know, but you know what he's doing? I think he's doing it in the wrong way. And again, I keep relating it to Kendrick. But Kendrick does this really well. Like, he gives you all of himself within his music. But he's still mysterious. Like, we still don't know. Like, we didn't even know he was married or right, he was he, he was engaged yeah before i even knew he had a girlfriend yeah exactly like he does very, very well with that and so like maybe it's just two separate like it's different people yeah yeah, yeah i know that but you know what i'm saying i don't know they're two different realms okay drake is that person who can sell a million the first week and kendrick is one of those guys who can sell out every single ticket in every city he goes to so is drake but yeah yeah, you're probably right. But like, I I get what you're saying. Like, I think uh, Drake is a is a shot. Kendrick's a slow burn. Drake gets you where you're going. You know what you're getting with him. Kendrick's a slow burn. He's he's very he's he's still there, but he's gonna be there for a while. Like he's he's it's not burning out. Yeah, you know. And this raises another thing to for me. I hate compare it, but you know. We, I have to apologize to all the listeners right now. Why? Uh, in a lot of our discussions, I've omitted J. Cole from the discussion. Oh, yeah. We definitely have. J. Cole's a beast. Beast! Uh, Aina! <laughs> so, so, I, so definitely uh, props to J. Cole uh, for Big actually ups. being... Using the least amount of writers on this list. You know that nigga's married too? What? <laughs> yeah. 
See, you learn something new every day, guys. Ryan Cooper added him on an interview. Ryan Cooper, the director from Oakland of Creed, Fruitvale Station. Got it. But yeah, um, he didn't mean to. Because uh, he was interviewing him. He was like, oh man, I don't know how to do this shit. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, J. Cole Beast. Least amount of writers. writers. Least amount of writers on average per song. In his entire catalog. And, and probably one of the most um, independent of, of the three. I mean, he's he signed Rock Nation. So I'm not sure how uh, independent that yeah, is. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. That's a pretty establishment. But he like does produce a lot of his music. Yeah. He actually makes the music behind it as well. Which is something that Kendrick and Drake do not do. Right. Hmm. So... Um, I mean that's really all I'd say. I don't I don't like giving ratings to albums. Yeah. You know, arbitrary numbers and stuff. Yeah, I'm not gonna give um, a number. I'm just gonna say it's not something that I would continually go back to to listen to. Nope. <laughs> no. Good try. I mean A for effort. Nah man. I give all those eighty eight people an A for effort. They try real hard. <laughs> You are very upset with that. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Do you do you see do you see this stuff? He's like, got a ton of papers. Like, like he did his research the on this guy. Size of of writers in from a, a Kendrick or a Cole record to a even a Beyonce record to a a Drake record. Mm-hmm. It's staggering. Yeah. And in R and B, so that's another thing I w- I'll probably touch on for like just two seconds because. We're almost at an hour. Um, this whole thing with ghost writers, rappers not writing. Like, I want to make it clear. If you are a fan of hip-hop, then you should know. As a rapper, you or as an MC, you must write your own rhymes. Regardless. you, you Yeah, you can, you can bounce ideas off of someone. But when you are writing something, like your verse, that must be you. A hook? That's fine. We all know this. It's like an unwritten rule. Like, I don't know why niggas is trying to act like they don't know this shit. Like, no one can write your verse. You can share a hook. You can, you can, um, develop a hook together, but you can't, you can't have anybody write your verse when it comes to R and B music. Yes. It's like an R and B. It's a different culture. It's something that's different where they actually have writers and you actually sing a song. These writers might not be able to, to, um, convey the song the way that you can because your voice is a lot stronger than theirs so sometimes I even think about that in regards to Drake is Drake a better rapper can he c- convey this song better than Quentin Miller because we've always always said uh, Quentin Miller has a very unique style but I fall asleep at the sound of his voice yeah, it's but if boring. Drake's rapping it sounds great sounds great so I mean, to me, I don't want that in my hip hop. I don't. I don't want any part of that. I don't want nobody. I don't want no facade there. But I don't know. Like it's, it's just hip hop is it's black, not black and white. Um, yeah, maybe fuck it. It's black and white. You write your shit. You write your verse, and it's from you. And if your shit's whack, we'll throw your fucking ass back, and you have to co- go go and, and write that shit again. Damn. Like so. So then, have we reached a point in hip hop where? 
Because you know what the pillars of hip-hop are. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Have you reached a point in hip-hop where now rap is a separate piece of hip-hop? Where you can be a rapper, but be outside the confines of hip-hop. Be outside the umbrella of Rapping hip-hop. Rapping is the action. Hip-hop is the culture. So if you can rap, you can rap on a pop song. But that doesn't mean it's hip-hop. Okay. That to me. All know. right. No, no. Yeah. I'm just... So then, is is Drake a, ra- uh, a rapper? Is or a he pop star. A pop star? Is he a part of hip-hop? You know, what? where does he fall? Who knows? Who's, we'll answer that next week. <laughs> whose rules should he fall into? Exactly. Unfortunately, I mean, he's, he's breaking all of them. I mean, he's still got more writers than Beyonce. And then also, hip-hop so, was never meant to be a box. So then... I'm playing again, both sides. Hip hop was never meant to be a box. Who are we to put him in a box? Try and put me in a box? It's impossible. He put himself <laughs> in a box, calling himself top five. Okay. Right. The nigga's Wait. not top five. If you want to be a top five MC, that means you must write your fucking rhymes. Point blank. Period. If I found out today that Kendrick Lamar did not write his rhymes, I would fucking disown him. Because that would break my goddamn heart. It would break my heart more than knowing that. Drake didn't write his shit. Yeah, definitely. Because Drake don't talk about shit. If J. Cole told... If J. Told, J. Cole told... <laughs> J. J. Told, told, J. Cole, Tim Cole. If J. Cole told me. <laughs> if J. Cole told everyone today that he did not write his rhymes. If Jay-Z, if Nas, if KRS-One, if all these motherfuckers, if Rakim said, Nah, nigga, I didn't write that. That was my boy. Hip-hop is built on a lie. I can't deal with that shit. I would fucking explode. <laughs> I just imagine like my head. head just it's dumb oh. anyway I think we gotta have to end that there alright and so with that we'll just end this Drake thing yes I hope I hope to God that we don't have to bring Jake, Drake back up in this capacity ever again and this is that's not even a shot at Drake. Like we just, I just don't want to be on his nuts, and I don't want to be on Kendrick's nuts like that either. I want us to have a equal conversation. Yeah, but you know, if some niggas better than the next nigga. We might talk about the best. Hey, nigga. You anyway, you know, I, I just hope this. Yeah, I, 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 okay, I agree. Yeah, let's just get the Drake out the system. Mm-hmm. It's gone. The Drake out the system. So that was episode six. Six from the six, views from the six, views from through the crate for the six. Views through the crate. Regarding the six. Sixth episode. All right, we out of here, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, deuces, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening.